Hello and welcome to Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro, and this is a very special episode because it's the first time that we have a guest in the studio with us, friend of the program, been on here three times officially, four times unofficially, because there was one time where you did it and we videoed you and we couldn't see you, so I didn't post it, the lighting was weird. But my friend Bruce Bradley is here to talk all things NBA, and it should be fun. Thanks for joining us, Bruce. Glad to be here as always, man. Um, so before we jump into our main topic, which is when Bruce and I are together, we always talk about the NBA and that kind of thing. And even though it's in the off season, we always find something to talk about. And trust me, we have something to talk about. Sorry, my chair is squeaking. Um, but before we do that, I want to cover a couple things. First, in the NFL, the Jonathan Taylor drama continues in Indianapolis as the, the Colts Seemingly extended an olive branch saying we'll allow you to seek a trade for yourself But we have the ultimate veto power if, if we don't think that we can get a first round pick or Something of the same value and they set a deadline for Tuesday Which was the NFL's deadline to remove players from the physically unable to perform list So that they could play week one uh, Jonathan Taylor it looks like they came close, but they did not find a partner uh, Jonathan Taylor did not get removed from the physically unable to perform list so he is still with the Colts and he will not be eligible to play until at least week five as he's coming back from an ankle injury the situation's gotten ugly GM Chris Ballard used those exact words but he believes the relationships are repairable I just I don't know I think that Ursay's done too much damage to the situation I think that Jonathan Taylor has put himself in this situation, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. And I don't know if it's repairable, but because the, the Colts are now accusing him of potentially holding in, being that he's they think he might be healthy, and he's pretending that his ankle still hurts. So it's not getting any better. It's it's getting worse. And and this remind and, and I've said it for weeks. And Bruce, I'll get your opinion on this. Is Jonathan Taylor? requested an extension from the Colts. This is the last year of his rookie deal. At the same time when the NFL running back situation was Saquon Barkley couldn't get a deal and he nearly got franchise tagged. And then Josh Jacobs got franchise tagged and Tony Pollard got franchise tagged and, and Dalvin Cook got released. And like all these, Ezekiel Elliott released, all these guys who were the best in the league could not find Contracts they could not find extensions. They couldn't in the sake of or in the case of Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel They could not find teams for an extended period of time and when they did they were like one year six million dollar contracts so the situation becomes Jonathan Taylor watches all this watches Saquon, you know threatened to hold out and then eventually sign for nine hundred thousand dollars over the franchise tag he refused uh, Josh Jacobs, the NFL's rushing leader last year, just signed a one-year deal worth $12 million, which is $2 million over the franchise tag he refused. And Jonathan Taylor says, sign me to an extension or trade me. Is he not watching what's happening around him? It reminds me of a similar thing happening in the NBA where James Harden is look, looking directly at the Damian Lillard situation and being like, it's okay, I'm different. Mm -hmm. It'll be different for me. Demands a trade when it hasn't worked for Damian Lillard. And now here we are. So now you have Jonathan Taylor watching all this. The 
ridiculous devaluation of the running back position in the NFL, Jonathan, it doesn't seem to me like Jonathan Taylor is paying attention to his options, paying attention to what the league is telling him. And it's just, it's just a weird situation. What, what do you have to say about that? No, I think uh, there's a good parallel you made with the James Harden and the Dwayne Wade thing. Uh, it's kind of like this culture that's kind of evolved with the you know player empowerment and the I mean more more so the player entitlement and I mean to some degree you know there, I guess there's value there as far as like knowing you know your your value and your bargaining power but there it gets to a point where it kind of falls into this state of right. delusion. But the and because the league is telling you otherwise yes. right now. Right. You see like these these running backs, you know, they're getting devalued, you know, uh it's 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 the way the game is being played, it's it's, it's there's a shift that's that's occurring and like, you know, you gotta be more aware of the, the, the carries, you know, from the running back position right. and things like that. And so it's just you can ignore it all the signs if you want. I, I mean you look at it and to look at this from both sides, Jonathan Taylor in just three years has become one of the best running backs in the NFL. Right. So from that standpoint, he's like, hey, look at me. Like I'm I am literally one of the best running backs in the NFL. But then also last year he dealt with injuries and was right. not the same running back. Right. And was not, you know, and, 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 and he shouldered a lot of the load at Wisconsin, a lot of load in high school. So it's like, do running backs have a shelf life of like, do they have a certain number of carries in them? And is he hitting it early? Because two years ago, he was the offense for the Indianapolis Colts. And I will continue to defend Carson Wentz that season yeah. as the Colts quarterback because they became one, they were one game shy of, 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 of they, they were one game shy of the playoffs. If they had beaten Jacksonville in week 18, I was there. It was sad. Whatever. Yeah. They would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Carson Wentz was brought in not to be the, the MVP candidate of 2017 before his injury. He was brought in to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor and not screw up, and that's exactly what he did. And yet now people look at his one season in Indy and call it a disaster, and I'm like, were you really paying attention? So so I think there is something to say that Jonathan Taylor is one of the better teams, teams in, or running backs in the league, but he's been injured, and we don't know how he's going to look after that injury. And any team that does trade for him, like they know that he wants an extension. So in so in the realm of oh well we have to do, do this running back market it's like okay you have to give up trade capital for a player and he wants an extension like on top of that they're, they're now now the one the one trade that came out that we knew about that we knew about was Miami and one of the reasons that didn't happen was that Indianapolis wanted Jalen Waddle in return and that has been called basically a ridiculous request and I look at that and I say why is it just because you think Indy's going to be bad why is that a ridiculous request he's your wide receiver too you would bring in a running back one that you would potentially sign for the long term you already have Tyreek Hill if 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 Tua's healthy we've seen what he can do when healthy last year at quarterback they have uh, Jalen Ramsey, who, who who was previously thought to be out for the year, but he might play. Like, I don't think a wide receiver two of Waddle's caliber is a ridiculous ask for Jonathan Taylor. It's it's 
it, it it's a specialty position starter for a specialty position starter. Like I I I don't see why people think that's a ridiculous ask. I really don't. Miami even that much more of a complete team. They already got a pretty powerful receiving core as it is. Like I mean, I don't think that's ridiculous either. The other trade that came out was that the Packers were interested, which was interesting to me because they already have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So unless that trade package involved sending one of those guys directly back to Indianapolis, I don't even know why I don't even know why the Packers would do that trade. Right. I'm not buying the Packers hype that a lot of people are. Like, like, do I think Jordan Love can be good? Yeah. But have we seen anything? No, he's made like three starts. Nothing. And they have no wide receiver one. Because they all went to the Jets. They, I mean, their best players are their running backs, who are being devalued. Look at that. Like I, I did my stand, I did my standing predictions a couple weeks ago, and I have them at four and thirteen. I, I, just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I think, I think the the Lions are going to win that division running away. Sure. Because last year, last year, well, well, last year the thing too is, is the the Vikings were thirteen and four. They were 11 and 0 in in one possession games. That won't happen again. Mm-hmm. And they had a plus minus of negative three. Negative three for the whole year. They were 13 and four. And we know Kirk Cousins struggles in prime time. He's what 16 and 19 in his career. They have five this year. Five prime time games. He's gonna get exposed again. Like you think he's gonna go five and 0 all of a sudden? Like, no disrespect to Kirk Cousins. Dan Campbell is the perfect coach in Detroit. He is Detroit through and through. Charles Barkley said the other day, he's like, man, I wish I could have a do-over. I want to play for that guy. I, I want to go play football and play for Dan Campbell. See what he did. But, so, so we'll get off uh, football and get to the meat of it. But and I, I do want to touch on baseball real quick. And before we do that, for those at home, one, one of the last times that, that Bruce was here for a sports reason – and Bruce, you you will get this audio right away, and you'll you'll laugh, and I will put the video on on the final cut. But one of the last times Bruce was here was November third, twenty twenty one, when my Atlanta Braves were were one game away from winning the World Series, and this happened. So, I would say that's not my proudest moment, but it probably was. But it just wasn't my most glamorous moment. Uh, and, and, and right after that video, I ran upstairs, and I will put this picture in there too. This is the, 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 this is the pile-on moment for me, but we have to relive it. Uh, I, I, I ran upstairs. I got every Braves hat that I own, and I put them all on my head at the same time. And I will post that picture as well. To, for, for all of you guys watching on YouTube and, and, and wherever you watch this. Um, but today was the deadline for players who got waived to be added to a roster to be able to be eligible for the playoffs. And the biggest story that I've talked about on the show, and one of the biggest stories that has gone on in baseball, is the Angels were desperately trying to make a push for the last year that they were likely going to have Shohei Otani, the greatest player we've ever seen. I'm comfortable saying that now. 
Um, and I, I, full, I wholeheartedly believe they should have traded him when they had the chance because now they're going to get nothing. They instead went all in trading for uh, starting pitchers Lucas Giolito, reliever Ronaldo Lopez, uh, uh, Randall Grichik, uh, several several pieces that were going to do it. And for about a few, and so it looked like it was going to go good. They lost the next seven. And they have fallen completely off the face of the earth. And now all of those players have been waived. Every single one has been waived and picked up by a team to make a playoff push. And Shohei Otani has torn his UCL and, and will not pitch for the rest of the year, but continues to hit. So this is, it, it could not be any worse for the Angels right now. And I like to be proven right. But but this one this one hurts because when you have a talent like that, not to mention that he's in that he's on the same team with Mike Trout, who in ten years has never been to the playoffs with that organization. It's like now, now what you have you have two injured superstars, one of whom you're going to get nothing for, and the other of whom is literally wasting his career on a franchise that has let let's be honest here has no idea what they're doing. And I, it's a great franchise, and I really would like to see it happen, but they have no idea what they're doing, and that's just a fact. And so I look at this, and I, I look at Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez and Randall Gretchik be, being waived, and I just have to shake my head and be like, what did you think was going to happen? They, they weren't going to catch Texas in the division. They weren't going to catch Houston even for second place, and now they're not going to catch Seattle. The best they could have hoped for, if everything went right, was a wild card berth, and they were going to lose in the first round. Like... They, if, if they had traded him, they could have wiped out the other team's farm system and built from the ground up because they still have some good young players that they could build around, and they have Trout there. He's not going anywhere. I don't know why at this point. He's not going anywhere, but now here we are. that You have an injured superstar, one of the best the game's ever seen because he does both. What the heck? And now you've just literally wasted four years not making the playoffs once with with the two best players in baseball on the same team. And that does tell you how hard baseball is because you can, it's not like the NBA where you can go get LeBron or you can go get one piece and change everything. But it's it's just sucks. Like I'll just I'll just say it like it is. Like now he's hurt and he's not going to pitch. And then even if he says he can hit, he's not going to hit it 100% because he's he's got a tear down here. And so that you can't be effective in anything when that happens. And I don't know if you know this, Bruce, but, but the UCL is basically the ligament that requires Tommy John surgery, which if you get it is about a 12 month recovery because what they do, they, they basically take your other one and they replace it. So it's about a 12 month recovery. And when you come back after a year, you're usually not the same. Now I don't. This doesn't affect hitters as much, but he also pitches, and he said that he's he doesn't know if he's going to get surgery yet. He's gonna he's gonna continue to hit while he gets a second opinion, but the longer he waits to have surgery, the more time he's going to miss next season, which is going to affect the contract he's going to get. It's just it, the whole. It's a disaster. Like you saw a player that was giving literally two hundred percent. Literally, because he was giving everything he had two ways. They created a rule. They created a rule just for him to allow him to designate 
to be the designated hitter on days that he pitched and to be able to stay in after he came out of the game. That, the, the league created a rule for this man, and only the best of all time get rules created for them. And, and, and now here he is literally like his body's failing him because he's literally having to put this team on his back. And, and here we are. So I just want to touch on that. It just frustrates me, the heck out of me. You had, do you have any comments on on any of that? No, that's uh, it was kind of it was kind of news to me uh, the severity of his injury. Um, I know he had gotten injured, um, but I I didn't know exactly where and uh, the surgery right was involved. And that's craziness because Mike Mike Trout legend just wadding. <laughs> Ten years, and he hasn't made the playoffs once. It makes no and he's sense. won two two MVPs at this point, three maybe, yeah. and not one playoff I, appearance. I just just to kind of even try to get in their heads. I guess just having such an icon, obviously that's a wrestle to feel like you know you're giving that away. But like thinking about the trade value for I mean right. for a guy like Otani, I mean it's just like immeasurable. So I don't know. Horrible situation. You can't you can't trade draft picks in baseball. What you can do, you can mm-hmm. trade prospects, and if you, and and you can get a ton of prospects. Okay. You can get a ton like you because baseball is the only sport where you don't go straight to the league if you're drafted. Like it could be three, four years before. Right. And I think that's I think every league should have that honestly because there are some players that go straight to the league in the NBA or the NFL. They ain't ready. It's a grown man's sport. They ain't ready. Yeah. Like you hear all the time. NFL players, NBA players, about their welcome to the NBA moment because mm-hmm. they go straight from college or in, uh, you know, back back a little bit further. They would go straight from yeah. high school yeah, to grown men, yeah. and it's like you never really hear that from minor league baseball players right. because they have slowly been ratcheted up, right. single A, double A, triple A, and triple A is is like that lower level of major league talent, like you're right there. And so every, every level is different, but you still get that seasoning. You see all the time, these guys that jump from double A and they struggle a little bit. So then the team kicks them back down to triple A for a couple of weeks. They come back up again. Smooth happens all the time. And so you, you can't, but if Shohei Otani leaves in free agency, which he will do, the only thing that's going to happen for the angels is they're going to get one compensatory pick. One. As opposed to, they could have easily gotten five, six prospects, maybe even some major league level players. You know, the the Washington Nationals completely rebuilt their young core by trading one player that was in the, that was the major league level a couple of years ago. So it was, it's just frustrating. I want to get off that because I want to get to a to a major league baseball topic that you, that I that I had you do a little bit of, of looking into because I do want to play you something uh, off of that. And the struggles that's happening on the south side of Chicago, and I've said before, they it's it's bad, it's bad. They are, they are like 30, 35 games under five hundred at this point. That they they've been accused of having no culture, no discipline, nothing. You've heard the stories, the <clears throat> the fight between Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez of the Guardians on the field, the pretend the rumor that you know. Yasmani Grandal slapped teammate Tim Anderson in the face when Tim Anderson told him to get the f out if he didn't if he was mad about not being in the lineup. The stuff with Kenyon Middleton's name being left off the board when he came in as a as a de, as a as an opposing relief pitcher. 
uh, a couple weeks after he made the comments, he did. It's just, the GM has been fired. The president's been fired. They they announced their new GM today, so hopefully that gets better. But it, but I don't know if you've heard this, so I want to play. This was, and for anyone um, watching this that didn't hear it, this was the the. White Sox best player after a loss to, after a 6-3 loss to the Seattle Mariners on August 22nd. The first thing you'll hear is him. The reporters were asking him if there was a talk about leadership in the clubhouse. And his answer was raised some some eyebrows and the White Sox post-game crew had comments. One of whom you'll hear was Ozzie Dean, who was the manager of the White Sox when they won the won the World Series back in 2005. So you have to imagine it's especially rough for him to see as bad as it's gotten. But I'm going to play this clip in its entirety. The first thing you're going to hear is the reporters talking to Eloy Jimenez about, about the leadership in the clubhouse. There's been a lot of questions about guys having to step up being leaders. Have you talked to your teammates who... Can you guys talk about that moving forward being leaders on this team? Um, not really. Not really. Thanks for Thank you. And there's the problem in the clubhouse again. They gotta fix that. By the way, they we gotta fix that. We waste two minutes on a show. Listen to that. We don't know what. You don't know what to score. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. Oh, okay, I say it. Say it. I want you to say it. Yes. We're thinking the same thing. The reason they fired Kenny and Rick because then the GM and this president. Is that. If they think I'm wrong, prove me wrong. That's all you have to say. The reason they fired those guys just because the players don't perform. Most of the time, managers get blamed when the players don't perform. But when you, they, when they fire the people, sign you. Look yourself in the mirror. It's time to stop playing better. If I got paid that money, I would make sure I'm on the field. I'm making sure I'm playing winning baseball. I'm giving the best of myself. And if there's a leadership problem in there, I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. I'm not giving that answer. Well, there is a lack of leadership. Yeah. That's that's obvious. Leadership. You don't mind us leader there. But no, there is a lack yeah. of leadership. And there has been no standard set whatsoever. Players, kids are going to do what they can get away with. And this team has not been held accountable this entire year. Yeah. They, the, the, you know, th there are times when they just, they don't play hard. They don't run hard. And there's 162 games. And, and everyone knows it. The fans know it. Um, we know it. And that cannot happen. So hopefully someone will come in here, set a standard, set something in place, and hold these players accountable and bring in some guys, some character guys, mm -hmm. that want to go out and win and have a desire to win mm -hmm. and a desire to do the things it takes to win. All right, so that's 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 pretty damning right there. Like that, when you are effectively a leader of a team, regardless of how bad the team is, and you're asked, do you talk about leadership? Do you talk about who's going to step up and, and maybe fix this? And you just go, no. Like... Your job is to no. It doesn't matter if you're O and O and one hundred. You're like, we'll figure it out. We owe it to this fan base. We owe it to the city we want to be. That's just the sound of giving up. Yeah. And you can hear it in the voice of the post game guys that they're just like, what? 
the heck was that? And so when you add this to everything else that's happened in Chicago, I don't think I've seen a bigger mess. How does all this hit you? I mean, it's pretty clear just tracking along, uh, just from a very outsider perspective with this. I mean, you hear that and it's just, even just as a man, like you just hear dignity loss, dignity, the sense of pride, uh, almost as if like they're playing these games, like they're over before they begin. And you heard one of these guys be like, kids are going to do what they can get away exactly. with. Exactly. Like, that's what you hear in that. That's, that, it's a, there's, there's no grownups in that clubhouse. Reared like children, like, you know, and so, and I can appreciate what the gentleman, um, uh, what would you say his name was? Ozzie Guillen, who, who was the manager when they last won the World Series. So you can tell that he's particularly oh, yeah. perturbed oh, by by what's happening in I Chicago. Mean, that just sounded straight up like a coach. I would march honestly if I was Ozzie, I would march to the new GM, and be like, "You need a, you need me to manage again." You, you, like Ozzie's not that old. Yeah. Ozzie's not that step old. In real quick. Yeah. I mean, I hear it because it's like because you know, like you know when you. What you're hearing in that as a coach and it's like that's just lack of effort that's like stuff that shouldn't even even be having to like get these grown men to to realize when they're stepping out on the field they're getting paid these massive amounts of money performing in front performing this you know there's there's i know as far as i know with the white Sox, there's legacy there you know, been around a long time. Yeah, a long time. You know, and, and so just the fact that they they've gotten to a point where it's 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 been talk of you got fans talking about sell selling the franchise and things of that nature, firing the president, firing the GM, and as Ozzy said, he's like, you know, you fire managers or fire managers, head coaches all the time. Those guys get blamed for stuff they probably shouldn't. Exactly. But when the guys that sign you, when the guys above that go. Yeah. It's like something's really There's wrong something here. at the root of the culture of the team. And so. I've done a lot of interviews with, with athletes, and you've been an athlete yourself. And The number one thing that I hear from them when I ask about, you know, what about this group of guys? What made this season special? It's we all cared. We all wanted to win. We all liked being around each other. Yeah. It mattered to us. What happened when we left that locker room? And I'm not getting any of that here. You know, you had players get traded. Uh, Kenyon Middleton, who who came out and was like, "There's there's no discipline. There's like that you don't that nobody gets called out for missing a showing up late to a workout or missing a meeting or doing that." And then Lance Lynn, who had been in Chicago for a long time and had just been traded, be like, "He's not wrong. I've been here for a decade. He's not wrong." And then you have another guy who was traded at the deadline go, he joins his new team, and two days after he's with his new team, he's like, I've never had this much fun playing baseball in my life. I, it's, it's a disaster. There's no, there's no other word. You know, I use this term a lot, and my dad thinks it's funny. It's a dumpster fire on the south side of Chicago right now. And I know it especially hurts because the Cubs are playing well. Yeah. So when you have your hated crosstown rival – literally outplaying you when probably before the season you had a better roster yeah like in 2021 they were one of the best teams in the in the american league and 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 then now two years later and it this yeah and it's just 
it's 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 baffling to me. I wanted to get your thoughts on everything that's happened. You know, you and and, and I, as an outsider perspective, you you're not um, as big into baseball as as I am. You know, you, yeah, I invite you over to watch the World Series, whatever. But just as you said, like as a man and as yeah, a sports per, per fan, as as a person, like to to hear this stuff yeah. and to hear like just how bad like that the, that the culture of an organization is rotting from the inside out and it's like how do you how do you fix there's no fix it's going to take years and i and i hope this guy comes in this new gm comes in and goes all right let's let's all right we're throwing everything out yeah you know you you hear the excitement that washington commanders fans have now that dan snyder is out and they bring in that new gm and i think magic johnson have had something to do with that ownership group as well and they are fired up I mean, they're not a playoff team this year, but I think they're going to win a few more games than people think because that that fan base and that team is so ready yeah. for a change. And I think that's that's what needs to happen here. But as long as you have your star players saying, "No, we haven't talked about leadership. We haven't talked about the needs of this franchise." All right, I think there's a time for another trade. Uh, I, I I just yeah. which is unfortunate because from what I've heard, you know, they spent from what '09 to. Uh, you know, like twenty twenty or so, kind of rebuilding, getting these high dollars. They tried, they know? tried, and so it's just. But when you're bringing those high dollar athletes into a a landfill, yeah, a landfill of culture and yeah. discipline, <laughs> like they're just gonna fall into it. Yeah. And I found it funny that one of the people that like pushed back on all this criticism was Andrew Benintendi, who currently plays for the White Sox. Of course he's going to say it. He's on the roster still. He's going to be like, yeah, it sucks. Can't wait to go lose today. Like, what's he going to say? They're paying him. But it's incredibly telling that the people that are paid to broadcast for this team are like, what in the actual crap? Including a beloved member of the organization's history, Ozzie Guillen, being like, did you hear that? I heard that. What is that? Like, is So I just, it's baffling to me, and I want to... I wanted you to hear that, and I wanted to get your take on yeah. on how bad it has been. But we can jump to why we're both here, the NBA. Um, and first thing I want to talk about is James Harden's still in the news. He, much like Jonathan Taylor, and I'm not. I compared I compared the Jonathan Taylor situation to James Harden and Damian Lillard. I'm not putting blame on Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has been loyal, loyal to the Trailblazers for 11 years has given him multiple chances, please. Like, please do. And even in the draft, and I get it, the GM and the owner is going to do what's best for the organization long term. But Damian Lillard pleaded with them, like, please use the second pick or the third pick. Mm-hmm. to get. And he asked for Paul George. He asked for Draymond Green. Yes. He said, please, please. He's like, I don't want to play with another young player. Nothing against Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's obvious now that Damian Lillard is going to start the season in Portland. Yeah. And I'm, I think it could be interesting with There's him. There's still rumors floating around. May- like he's going to magically pop up in Miami. Maybe they'll play <laughs> Maybe they'll play well and he'll be like, this isn't so bad. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are still some dark horse teams I think would be really interesting. Toronto, Utah. Like, I think I think it'd be really, really interesting. Yeah. But it's just like, but to, to have... We're not talking about that. To have Harden see that and be like, I want to be traded and I only want to play for the Clippers and blah, 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 blah. One, why would the Clippers want you? 
Because, okay, they have Kawhi Leonard, who's their main scorer. They have Paul George, who is capable of putting up MVP spurts. You are a ball-dominant point guard now who is out of shape, who is not willing to pass to those other stars, who plays zero defense, which will get you punched in the face by Kawhi Leonard. Why would the why would LA want you? Like there's they're good. They're fine. I don't even know who their point guard is, but they're cool. They don't need you. And it the the, the most telling thing to me was who did James Harden say before the trade request? Before he opted back in? Who did he say he wanted to play for? Or was it uh, oh, Houston. He wanted to go back to Houston. Houston's not good. Houston's rebuilding. Houston didn't want him. A rebuilding team did not want him. Tells me all you need to know right there. And then, now, look, I think I think Philadelphia pulled a little bit of trickery. They said, you opt in, we'll trade you. He opted in. They tried. But they control you now. You belong to them. They tried to find you a trade. They couldn't. Why? Because either they, either the Clippers wanted too much, or they didn't really want Harden that much. And I, I do believe the Clippers looked at other options. They're, the only, the reason James Harden opted in in the first place is because he looked at the free agent market and realized there wasn't that many choices for him. That's the only, that's the whole reason he opted in. Right. I don't get it. And, and as I said on, on, on the thing last year, dis, disgruntled is not his current situation. It's his personality trait. We've seen it every stop. All of them. What is this man thinking? Go. Delusion. At this point, you know, it's like, He's found this formula that worked, that has that has worked. You know, this whole this spoiled bratty tactic, you know, where like <laughs> you had mentioned on your the previous podcast, how he ate his way out to <laughs> ate You his watched way it, out thanks. Of, <laughs> it was it was Houston. It was Houston. Yeah, ate yeah. his way out of Houston and then, you know, went to that failed experiment in Brooklyn. You know, and then which that's I'll only finish it up. That was never gonna work. In Bro- <laughs> Kyrie Irving needs the ball. Exactly. Kevin Durant needs and the ball. James Harden eats the ball. You just you just have a, a, a team full of ball dominant superstars, you know, and it just it just turned into a, a, a mess. And that, so I just think it's a mindset thing at this point. Uh and you know, you're dealing with, like, is it, you're not being realistic in what has to occur with this. It's a, two, it's a two-sided equation. You know, you, you're looking to, um, uh, you're looking to, uh, this is a name that stays me, the general, the, the G- GM. Daryl Morey. You're looking at Daryl Morey as if he's some genie, you know? And, and, like, and like, as soon as you're ready to get your wish granted, you know, he could just pull these strings, but as we see, like you like you just mentioned, and in LA, like you have to have some buy-in. Like 
there has to be a need. He's thirty. He's thirty-three, almost thirty-four. And he played pr- pretty well in pretty. in Philly, but he's not the same player. He's not the same player. He played decent, right? But but he's not the same player. as a number two, right? And you know you 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 have to deal with all this all this clearing out of uh, 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 you know for cap space and and all and all these things. And it's just I feel like it's just like a level of delusion. But there's a couple things here. Play like James he, right now. He called Daryl Morey a liar. Daryl Morey didn't lie. Exactly. You opted in, yeah. giving them control, right. and they tried to trade you. Exactly. And he was like, I'm never gonna play for him again. Well, guess what? You have to. <laughs> or yeah. the NBA is already investigating you because you're either preempting a holdout, which will right. get you fined. Right. Or you know, you're you're gonna force your way into another situation, which you can't really do. Right. So And that's the new CBA rules, right? Right. Yeah. And and so and so to say Daryl Morey is a liar, one, you joined Philadelphia because of Daryl Morey, because of your relationship with him in Houston, mind you, and that's also why you wanted to go back to Houston, because you loved it so much. You wouldn't have had that situation without Daryl Morey. And guess what? You're gonna have to play for him again because there's no market. You already knew that, but now you're pissed. And you have no, you have nowhere else to go. So now you're just gonna talk. You're gonna go on podcasts. You know how I feel about about current players with podcasts. Just no. Like, yeah, yeah. James Harden is yeah. stuck, and he knows it, and he's crying like he's a baby. Crying. Like he's it's stuck. just it's it's, gr- it's gross. It's sad. It's like sad. and and Talking about a player that was once regarded as top seventy five. Did he make it into the top seventy five? He did. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute. And I'm just like. Come on, but here's all the MVPs he's played with. KD, twice. Russ, twice. Kyrie didn't win an MVP, but he definitely could. Oh, yeah. He, he's definitely of that caliber. Joel Embiid. Like. Dude, it's just bad. Like. Bad, he's, play, he's played. He's probably played with more separate MVPs than anyone else in this league. And it's just, I just, I, I've, I've run out of words for James Harden and yet I'm still talking about it. It's just, he's, he's just so loud. Like you can't. And it's just like, you really don't have anything to stand on. He's got no leverage. Every opportunity, even, even if you get more granular with it and you, and you, and you go to his opportunities to check the box of a championship and it's just the his best shots wanted. in Philly, and he wants out. Yeah, his best. It's like this makes no sense. What you what, what you're trying to like? Get where do you think this. you're gonna go? Right. Like, where are you gonna go? Like, I can't help but think it's like, okay, is it for the check now or like? Which he claimed it wasn't when he restructured with Philly in the first place to take. He took less money with Philly to make to get the championship, which he does have his best chance if he shuts up and stays there. Exactly. He was never going to win in Houston at, at his peak no because he had some good players. Mm-hmm. He had no number two. Mm-hmm. There was no number two. Right. He had to be a and, and so this is his shot. And he's he doesn't recognize that. It takes me back to Dwight Howard where he wanted out of Orlando so bad. And what some people can't realize is that sometimes you're put into the best possible situation mm-hmm. for your career. And then they go somewhere bigger. They go to a big market. They go to New York. They go to L.A. And they're like, oh, I actually am not as good as I thought. <laughs> right. And that's what happened with Dwight Howard. Exactly. 
Oh, he left Orlando and then bounced around the league for basically a team a year until he ended mm-hmm. up in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And like this isn't James Harden now where he's had more like he was in Houston for a long time and then he went to Brooklyn. People were like, oh, that was exciting and that was a disaster. And then he, you know, things have gone well in Philly. But here he is again being like, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Hey, look at the waiting room for your services. It's empty. Like, Daryl Morey's standing in there with a lollipop going, please. And he's in there by himself. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I don't, I don't understand why he thinks that this is working for him. Um, He's crying. Trying to wind his way out. Checks notes real quick. (laughs) Um, Oh, and this is interesting, and I want to get your, your thoughts on this as well. And I know people... I know people have talked a lot about the M- the NBA being soft. And I, what the, when they talk about that, they mean like, oh, there's no more hand-checking, it's not as physical. They mean the actual play on the court. But now, I think the NBA as a culture is maybe the softest of any sport. Because Noah Lyles, U.S. sprinter, did you hear this? Yeah. U.S. sprinter Noah, Noah Lyles... I, I don't, was he asked this question? I don't know what brought it up in, 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 in the presser, but he said, you know, I look at the NBA and they win the champion, they win the NBA finals and then they call, they call them world champions. Like, it's like, oh, okay, like, are you, are you world champions of the United States in Toronto? Like, there's all, and like, and then the NBA players were like, bro, like, somebody come get this guy. He's talking crazy. And I'm sitting here like, no, he's not. He's right. Like, there's one Canadian team, and it's U.S. Like, from a like, and 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 sure, a couple of years ago, you could say, oh, well, the NBA is the highest level of competition. But now, arguably, the three best players in the NBA are international, in Jokic, Giannis, and Luca. And there's been, I can't remember who it was, and I wish I had saved the screenshot when I saw it, but there was a guy who's playing in the, in, in the World Cup right now, um, and he's an NBA player. And he said, some of these guys don't even want to come to the NBA because, like, they see that it's not the best competition. And like, like, uh, like you, you see Luca coming in out of shape, and he's drinking beers before and after the game, and he's schooling these people. We got seven Lucas over here talking about his own home country. Like, the NBA is no longer the mecca for some of these ple- for some of these people that it used to be. Talking to Bo Beach, the UNF on Bo Beach, who plays in Serbia, he's like, the talent over here is stupid. And he's and obviously he's in Jokic's home country of Serbia. He's like that man's God over here. Like he's actually God. And there are other Jokic's. Like that's just where we are now. So a from a geographical standpoint, no allows it wrong. It's like you're not a world champion if you play entirely in the United States and Toronto. Yeah. Like you know how many countries there are. That have basketball leagues more and more every day. Bo said in in our interview one time, he said more teams are being created every day. Right. From the demand, from the from from the global popularity of right. basketball, not the NBA, of basketball. Right. And sure, the NBA has a hand in that because it gives players like Luca and Jokic and Giannis a global stage. Right. 
but when you have other other players being like we have you know Luca drinks beer and shows up out of shape and he's schooling these guys yeah, like the old school guys like like it coming in like Bird did back in the day yeah Bird was always in some kind of shape I don't know if he was ever in shape but, um, but it's just it's I it's baffling to me it, is it honestly is that 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 and there was no NBA player that was like he's kind of right we should change it to NBA they were all like they were all butthurt yeah. it's like grow up yeah. he's he's telling the truth and he is it's, 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 a, it's a fact it's you know it's very technically correct and I guess to some degree to maybe play devil's advocate which does speak to the sensitivity of the players uh I think the question, I don't remember the question verbatim, but the question was, uh, it wasn't directed towards any other, like, sport in particular, but it was it was a question to I kind of get him to highlight the significance of those accomplishments in track and field. And so, you know, Noah Lyles was just kind of let it rip. And uh, the first... Yeah, it did kind of seem like it came out of pocket <laughs> a little bit. A little the, the, bit. The, fir- the first... Uh, Guys in the, in the in the target of, of, of his of his of his gunfire in the, in the line of fire where where, where the was the NBA and so I think pr- probably that was what they were reacting to. They're probably like, "Why are you coming after us more than like, hey, yeah. like you could have picked on the MLB first, yeah, or NFL, 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 whatever, you know." And so I think there was some of that there, but you're probably probably true, probably true. It is obvious that. For a while now, we we've seen it the, with the drama amongst the players, sensitivity, and just, man, and just the interactions with people online. Like it's just, it's a whole another level of just like, like. And then what's funny to me is, and this leads me to my next point, kind of perfectly, is I don't know why. Like Noah Lyles can say that he competes for his country against other countries. Yeah. He competes. Like, you have to work years and years and years and years and years mm-hmm. to get to a level where Noah yeah. Lyles is a sprinter. You know that's where that's and all of a sudden, here comes Gilbert Arenas, <laughs> who has been talking a lot lately, like a, a weird amount. But, and, and he goes, this man, with the exception of the 4x100 relay, this man competes by himself. He competes for himself. Not for, he doesn't care about that name on his shirt. Like he compete, he he competes for himself, and I'm sitting here like, he doesn't care about the name on his shirt, and, and you, a former NBA player, which is all about player mobility. I don't want to be loyal to any franchise. He's talking about somebody's running not for the country on their shirt, but for themselves. Are you out of your mind? Like, that's a stretch. That's a big stretch. And. I'm 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 almost pulling on the reins of myself right here, but this is coming from a former player, good mind you. From probably the most egotistical league in sport in professional sports, like the egos on NBA players are astronomical <laughs> compared to uh, because like. Other sports humble you real quick yeah. in very different ways. Yes, yeah. Because Ted Williams, arguably the greatest hitter in the history of Major League Baseball, he said he's think he's one. I think he's one of like two, three guys with a four hundred career batting average. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that means 
four out of ten. Four out of ten yeah. times, and you're considered one of the greatest hitters of all time. Great. He, he said, "I'm the you know we pick a profession where we fail seven out of ten times, and we're considered great." And football, you literally get hit in the mouth. That's some good perspective right there. And liter- football, you literally get hit in the mouth. <laughs> and basketball, they're literally trying not to touch each other. Like, it is it is the it is the most egotistical yeah. league because yeah. no one hits them in the mouth. I'm just going to say, I'm just gonna say it. Don't, don't come at me. I'm just going to say it. And then, and then it doesn't help with what the league has done to make the sport less... In context, we're too. Oh yeah, Adam Silver looks at that and he goes, "Oh yeah, we '90s basketball was great, but we don't want it to be that physical ever again." '90s basketball was arguably the height of basketball. Oh yeah, it's the golden era. Like, for sure. Like, you you look at both the pictures on this wall. What era was that? '90s. Yeah, early 2000s. Right yeah. at the 2000. <laughs> like, it's just. <sighs> yeah. So I don't think Noah Lyles was wrong. I think if he's, if, if, if he's coming out of the pocket calling his shot for the NBA, like maybe that's why they were like, hey. Yeah. But as far as his statement of like, yeah. it's 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 a North American league. Yeah. And there's one Canadian. It's not even like hockey where there's like six. It's, it's all U.S. and Toronto, mm-hmm. which is like right there. <laughs> Toronto's like a sneeze outside the U.S. Like... So he, he's not wrong, and and I feel like he, of all people, is able to say that because he wears USA on his chest yep. for a living. Yeah, he's trained for this moment, and you know you can't take that away from him. Yeah, and so that kind of takes me to my segue right away. Gilbert Arenas has said some stuff. <laughs> I don't know if you've been keeping up with yeah. with him. No chill, Gil. It seems it's but it seems like the last two weeks, especially, it's like. We're gonna pay you a million dollars to say everything in the next two weeks. Everything you've ever thought in the next two weeks. Like what? Like he's out here talking about Michael Jordan. He's out here talking about. Yeah, I missed that. I heard. He said something about um, stats don't matter, or like he said he said something about either stats don't matter or championships don't matter for the Hall of Fame. And I was like, what are what what are you talking about? I pull up. I'm gonna see if I can pull up what he said here. He was like. He said he said some things, um, um, but he was like, "Oh yeah, you know." And I think, I think the 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 person that he was kind of aiming for when he said that was Draymond. I think what he meant was like, Draymond's not gonna get into the Hall of Fame just because he was a, he was the number three with on a, on a four time championship team. Like he averages eight points a, a game. Like I think that's what he meant. But then I've also heard Jeff Teague be like, titles mean nothing to me. James Harden's better than Dwayne Wade. Even though, like, it's like, then what are you doing? That's the ultimate goal. Like, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. Like, and so, but it seems like, and then Gilbert, did you hear the thing about Bill Russell? He was like, if you have Bill Russell in your top 10 all time, you don't know basketball. So, you know, but you know what we do know? Winning. And nobody's won more than Bill Russell. Yeah. Like, and he's like, you only have eight teams. Of course, he's going to win 11 times. So, like, yeah. he faced the competition that he had to face. He's pioneered, like, he's, he's the greatest winner in the game. And he's one of the best humans the game's had. He's one of the best ambassadors. And it's just like... Why are we taking that away from him just because... He all Gilbert. Gilbert said all this. <laughs> like, I know, I know. It's I like, know. what are you... What are you what, yeah. 
you know. Yeah. And there's something to be said for like, oh yeah, he played in the league with eight teams with with some plumbers and this kind of. But like, you're gonna and he said this after he died. Right. He said this after Bill. Like, why are you coming after Bill? He's not here to defend himself. Just leave alone. Yeah, I get the whole like what angle you're coming from and like comparatively speaking, but it's just like you gotta respect the game. Like, and yeah, it's just like why. It always gets fuzzy when you start making these like cross generation comparisons. I mean, we do. Of course, we do it. You all can't the time. really do it, and 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 Draymond himself has even said that he's like, why you can't we, compare eras. Why are we looking at the nineteen what forties, fifties, sixties? Yeah, fifties, sixties, fifties, sixties. Yeah, and comparing that to LeBron, this makes no sense. Yeah, but if you've ever seen pictures of. Moses Malone, I think I think Moses Malone could break LeBron over his oh, knee. Have sure. you ever seen those pictures? Stature, if we standing guys up side by side, and I'm staring at a picture of Carl Malone right now, I wouldn't want to mess oh, with yeah. him. Oh. oh yeah, that's a whole different story. But speaking of LeBron and Carl, I saw this thing the other day, and I don't know if I sent this to you, but it made, it cracked me up, and I really had to think about this. This says this. It's a picture of Carl Malone, and it says LeBron James's career without Wade, Wade, Ray Allen, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis. <laughs> this. Carl Malone and LeBron. Technically not wrong. It's technically not. Like, Carl Malone is third in scoring I'm now. I'm seeing this a lot. And it's just interesting. This a physical beast scores a lot of points, no title. And this lists off the, the players that helped him win titles. The LeBron, the LeBron, the LeBron haters are just finding it. And look, you know me. I'm not a LeBron fanboy by any I'll give the man his respect. But I'm not, you know, but... But it goes the other way, too, right? It goes the other way where, like, you know, I showed you that stat where it was, like... Where it was, like, LeBron has two titles without without Anthony Davis, two titles without Wade and Bosh, two titles without Kyrie. It's like, <laughs> you're making it sound like he has eight! <laughs> like, that's so misleading! Because every single person that was missing, he was with the others! Right. Like, and, and so they, they, it goes the same way. The same people that... And it's always going to happen. The people that put Jordan first mm-hmm. are, are going to make the arguments. The people that put LeBron first are going to make the arguments. And sometimes it feels like the arguments for LeBron are wilder than the ones against him. Oh, you're right. It's like, I'll, I'll see this other one here I saw the other day. And it showed this. It said, it said it has Michael and Scotty, which that I don't understand that relationship at all, but that's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, and it said playoff totals in the six finals runs. And it has points, rebounds, steals, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. The only one that Michael has more is points. Scotty has more in every other category. And I'm looking at this and I was like, okay. So this is obviously trying to devalue Michael again. Yeah. Right? Because they had said Michael has no titles without Scotty. It's like, that's called building a franchise, something that LeBron wouldn't know anything about because he jumps to another franchise or brings in two players and wins a title. LeBron doesn't know about bit like um, players now don't know about building it and sticking it out. And 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 so you look at this and Michael's got, you know, his only you know, it's got, you know, let's start with blocks. Scotty's got 111, Michael's got 91. Scotty's got 244 steals, Michael's got 218. Scotty's got 642 assists, and Michael's got 622. Scotty's got 908 rebounds. Michael's got 718. Outside of rebounds, what do those numbers tell you? They're close. They're close. It's not like, oh, look at this. But then let's look at points. 
Scotty, 2,200 even. Michael, 3,776. This is called they were doing their jobs. Scott, LeBron James is much more comparable to a hyperdrive Scotty Pippen than he is to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's job, hand me the ball, get out of the way. Same as Kobe, same as KD, same as some of the guys now. But he did do he Michael did a lot more in the other in, in the other categories than some do today. Okay. Uh like he he like, you know, James Harden plays no defense. James Harden doesn't pass the ball that much right. unless he's getting a stat for himself. Right. James Harden doesn't rebound. But Scotty, his job was to do everything. His job was to score when he had to. His job was to rebound and block and get the ball to Michael. Right. And you, and you, and 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 you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna penalize Michael for doing the exact thing that that team was set up to do. Yeah. Like how many times in the last dance did we go into a timeout and it say, "All right, Scotty, rebound the ball and get it to Michael." That was the point. So we're gonna ding Michael for having slightly less point total or slightly less statistical totals outside of points. Than Scotty Pippen, whose job was to do all of that. And we're forgetting the whole point of the game, like the whole structure of the game. The game's a team sport. That's the reason why you can have two three peats. That's like saying yeah. that's like saying Reggie Miller is a better all time player than Shaquille O'Neal because Reggie Miller has more threes. Mm-hmm. Shaq has one. Who cares? That's not what he was there to do. Right. Like, that's not what he was there to do. Job, right? That's like saying John Stockton sucks because he can't dunk. He's one of the best passers the league has ever seen. You do your job. Your job, yeah. Like, and that's why, and that's why, when you start doing this whole comparison thing, it becomes muddy when you look at players who have very different natural skill sets. Like, you know, I'll always. Kind of lean LeBron toward magic in comparison. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because that's just if, if we're looking at it, if we're trying to be as objective as possible, he he's built, and from a skill perspective, he's he's a magic. He is a, the evolution of a Magic Johnson. You know, you, you had you had Michael, and you had what I believe was. You know, potentially the evolution of Michael in a Kobe, but he ended up being like a one B. Yeah. You know, and so I I heard somebody say the other day, and the man's right behind you. One is here, one B is right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard somebody say the other day, it's like, how can you put Kobe ahead of Michael all time when Kobe admitted that he strived to be Michael? And Michael was perfection. You can't do better than perfection. You can copy it. Right. But you can't do better than it. Right. You know, it's right. And like and you're gonna be like, oh, LeBron played longer, Kobe played so like people's careers take different paths. Like I'm not gonna put a guy in who played five years in the league because he had he averaged thirty points for five years. That's ridiculous. But right. like and that it's I always hear, oh, LeBron played for 20 years, which is amazing. I'm not taking that away from anybody. The way that he's been able to stay healthy and do all this, it's amazing. He's going to hit 40,000. I don't think anyone's ever going to get it. And that's great. I'm not taking anything away from him. But then to be like, you know, I did did that. 
I did the math that one time about what if what if Michael played twenty years. Exactly. People hated it. <laughs> but I'm like, look. It's, 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 that's, it's, you know, you can't, I mean, because, like, look, Carmelo, you know, you can play the whole longevity thing into the argument, but that's, you know, it's it's about, like, kind of have that quantity over quality kind of perspective on it, you know, like Emmett Smith, you know, didn't he end up getting the, uh, leading, leading in the rushing yards all the time? I think he, I, I think he still is. If he, he still is. I, I think he yards, is. But, Who's saying he's the best running back? A lot of people. A, a lot of uh, people are saying that, but I mean, I would, I would put. This is just me. I would put Barry number one. That's what. I, and he played less. That's what I'm saying. That's and what that's I'm what I'm saying because because Calvin Johnson is arguably the best wide receiver ever, and he only played nine years because that's another that's a whole because they wouldn't trade him, and it was the right. whole thing, you know. But it it, it was what it was. It so longevity is cool. Yeah. Like. Longevity helps Tom Brady become the unquestionable goat of football, <laughs> which is a hard conversation to have because there's so many different positions that do different things. Yeah. But but I mean, it, longevity is something. Something. But not everybody's that lucky. Not everybody has that drive. Right. You know, the reasons Michael left were very valid. Yes. You know, he left because his father died, and he kind of lost his way, and he wanted to play baseball to honor his father, which I'm tired of the slander of him being a bad baseball player. Go watch The Last Dance. He was good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, yeah. And he probably would have made the majors if, if the strike hadn't happened. I think so. Terry Francona himself says he would have, who wow. who was the manager of, of the Barons at the time. Wow. And that's a, that's a manager who's won World Series. Huh. And I'm t- so I'm tired of that slander. Like, cause he was like a career two fifty hitter. You know how hard that is. Dang. You know how hard that is. Go try to hit a baseball right now. See if you hit one out of four. <laughs> like, <laughs> like play play basketball for ten years and then go try to hit a baseball. Like, you think you're hitting two fifty? <laughs> you know, it's like one of these things. And and but then he comes back because he's like, well, first of all, he had nowhere to go play baseball. He's a competitive monster. He has to compete. He comes back and then he left again because. He, they were tearing down the team, and he's like, I'm not going. He took a stand. He said, I'm not going if you're letting Phil go. All these things were extremely valid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're going to ding him for that, yeah. and you can't determine when the, your love of something is going to die out. Exactly. And he came back three years later. You, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, look at Brett Favre and all the players who have tried to retire before. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> I, that's got to be one of the hardest things to do in life if you're an athlete is yeah. just just because it's not just like oh he's played 15 years in the NBA it's he's played this since he was five years old it's all he's ever known yeah. and he's making the decision that he's done forever yeah like I can't fathom making that decision yeah that's and so situation. and so that that bring it's interesting that you um, brought up. LeBron and the magic thing because I, I, I want to play a little bit of a game now. Okay. I, uh, you know, we you talked a little bit about the NBA 75, mm-hmm. and I, I, I mentioned this to you a little bit ahead of time that I was we're going to play a game and it's called Great or Great at Something. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you the name of a player that is on the NBA 75, and you and we're going to debate are they an all time great? Or are they really great at something, at one thing? Are they one-dimensional, basically? So, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna lob and this is not disrespecting anyone here. It's just a look at them. So I'm gonna lob you a, a, a softball right away. Because we both know the answer to this. Okay. Dennis Rodman. Brendan Stephanie. You are correct. He's one of the best rebounders the game has ever seen. He's a great shot blocker. But he averaged 7.3 points through his career. And he averaged 1.8 assists. He wasn't 13.1 rebounds, mind you, which I'm not, I, I don't quote me on this, but that may be the highest Crazy. rebound average yeah. ever. That's like, nuts. that's all he was ever asked to he do. He averaged like, what, 20 rebounds one playoff series or something like that. Yeah. And what was that thing? What was that stat line one time in the playoffs? He had 0. 0.0 assists, <laughs> 0, you know, whatever else, and like 24 rebounds. Like, he did nothing but rebound. Three. Like, yeah. Nothing against Dennis Rodman. He has a place in NBA history forever. Did his job. But he's great at something. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're gonna if you're talking about NBA seventy five, the greatest seventy five ever, you really have to look at like, are they great? Or are they great at something? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, here's 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 one. Then and I this is one this one's tough for me, but this is why we're having this conversation. Ray Allen. All right. Yep. That's that's what I'm going for. Here's the thing about Ray, though. Ray was a player. He went through different waves. When he came in the league, he obviously he he, he, he attacked. He attacked. He wasn't the level of player that he eventually became. He, he there was there was a period where he was. Um, what what are my two choices? Great, great or great at something. So there was a period of him just being great. Then at a point in his career, he became just extra great at something, which was shooting. Yeah, because shooting doesn't age. Exactly. I've said that. I've said exactly. that for years. Shooting doesn't age. Right. Everything else ages. Right. So if you can't shoot, that's why they say if you can't shoot, you're not going to last long in the NBA. Because exactly. everything else, everything else falls away. Exactly. And you and I are on the exact same page. I was thinking about this like like to a casual person. Like like when you came in here talking about baseball, casual baseball mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. To a casual NBA person that just knows, oh, Ray Allen, you know, he's what he's great at something. Uh-huh. But you're right. He was a beast in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and even in Seattle. Athleticism and two way player. And I, th- I think he was a great leader. I think he was yes. like, he, he was just, he, in a way that he didn't, he was like, I'm going to be here and do my work. Yes. I'm not going to make noise. Because he was always surrounded by people who made noise. Yes. You know, he was surrounded by KG and Paul Pierce, mm-hmm. who were extremely loud. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce is way more loud now that he's retired. But it, uh, uh, so it, this one's close for me. But I'm going to go with great. Yeah. Because of what you said. Because of when he first started, he was different. And he was South Carolina Mr. Basketball, which is no slouch. Like, he, you know, yeah. he's a two-time NBA champion, ten-time All-Star. You know, he has all these All-NBA teams. And he's just, I, all-rookie second team. He was good from the second he showed up to the second he left. Yeah. And he just was, it'll get harder. It'll get harder. This one's not so hard. Carmelo Anthony. Great at something. Great at something. He played zero defense. He basically, I mean, he averaged around 
five, six rebounds a game. That's fine. You know, he averaged what, like three assists? <laughs> like he didn't, let's see what the actual number is. He averaged in his career 2.7. 2.7. Played zero defense. He averaged like half a steal in his career. Like one, I think one steal per game in his career. Like Carmelo Anthony is one of the greatest offensive players the game's ever seen. But the reason that we don't talk about him with Michael and Kobe and LeBron is that Michael's got defensive players of uh, defensive player of the years. Kobe has titles. Kobe's gotten in people's faces and driven them to win. Michael's done the same thing. LeBron's got all the hardware. Carmelo's got none of it. And it and I and I was thinking about this the other day. It kind of pains me that that. I mean, he was better in New York, but I think his best shot at a title was when he was traded to OKC, and the fact that that didn't happen kind of pains me, because it was because it was Russ and Paul George and him, right? And so I was just like, okay, this next one's gonna make people mad. I brought this one up to you the other day. You did not agree with me at the time. But you've said you've come around. Okay. Kevin Durant. Oh, man. Here we go. And first, let me say what I've said before. I came around. Let me say what I said before, just so people know. I said, Kevin Durant's awesome. No, I'm not taking, but I told you that, I think basically what I said was that 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, Carmelo Anthony will look be looked at more favorably than Kevin Durant. Because with the exception of Kevin Durant's titles, they're the same player. And the only reason he has those titles is because he joined a team that won before him and won after him. Without Stephen Clay, he has no titles. He's Carmelo Anthony. It's true. But from a stat, I think from a stat perspective, he's going to exceed Melo. Sure. That'll play into his favor. Sure. This is, you know, legendary status as a scorer. But yeah, he, he is. What? He has become a two-way player. And okay. I knew you were going to bring that up because that was the first point you made to me when I told you. How many NBA all-defensive teams was, was Melo on? How many NBA All Defensive teams was Kevin Durant on? NBA All Defensive? Huh? He had to have been on at least one. None. Not one. That didn't mean he didn't play defense, though. All Defensive team. I mean, as a superstar player, there's. I mean, I'll say, I will say that <clears throat> Kevin Durant a- averages exactly one more steal a game. <laughs> Then Carmelo Anthony. What about blocks? I'll tell you. Because that's well, that could just be length too. That, like that's like that's well, just yeah, he's well, one of the longest people I've ever seen. Like it's just. But that's his. That's his. That's his defensive. You know, that's his defensive calling card. You know, that's, you got blocks. I mean, you got. He only averages four assists a game. Four assists a game in his career. Mm-hmm. Seven rebounds, but that's his. He's taller than Melo. Yeah. Steals. 1.1. So he averages exactly one tenth more 
It blocks 1.1. I never knew why he couldn't get more rebounds, though. I mean... Because in today's NBA... That's the one thing that bothered me about... In today's NBA, like, it's literally just they leave one guy down there and everybody else is gone. Like, it's just... There's not there's not the there's not really there's not a press on getting rebounds yeah. unless you're trying unless you're James Harden trying right. to get a triple double. Right. You know, like but my point is I'm not diminishing Kevin Durant. We've seen how good he is. But what I'm saying is I compare him to Carmelo Anthony because and I say in time we're obviously watching Kevin Kevin Durant now, so you say something like Kevin Durant is Carmelo Anthony of this generation, you're like, yeah. like, but in time, when when you're able to step back and look at the canvas, Carmelo Anthony will be more highly regarded overall than Car than Kevin Durant because they both scored at an elite level. They both were star players. You know, all these things. But people like Carmelo. Oh, yeah, and Carmelo rarely, like, he had his headlines. He had that he wanted out of Denver and he wanted to go to New York. But he wanted out of Denver because he specifically wanted to go to New York because that's where he was from. Yeah. Kevin Durant just wants out because he's bored. Yeah. Like, Carmelo was beloved. And so from that standpoint, 20 years down, that's why I'm saying 20 years down the road, it's good. You got a point there. Like when you, bring, when you bring that into, if if especially if KD doesn't get, even if he gets one championship, there there was literally a meme this week. It said Kevin Durant's career without Steph Curry, and it was a picture of Carmelo. It was a picture. So I'm not the only one that said this. I know that that, that lit you. And up. you, as my witness, I said this before yeah, I saw this. Said I sent this to you two days ago. I said this like three weeks ago to you. I'm just sitting around thinking about this stuff. But, like, obviously there are some differences. Obviously, but, like, do we remember how dominant Carmelo was in his prime? Like, how unstoppable the man was. Crazy. He'll he'll drop a quiet 30 like it was nothing. Like, could score it on the drop of a dime off on anyone. I mean, mid-range, had the best mid-range in the game at the time, in my opinion. Like, crazy. And, so, and, that, and that's what they were saying. That's what they're saying about Kevin Durant. So, back to the game, since we're talking about it. Kevin Durant, that's great or great at something? Yeah, we, we've talked. We, the numbers are there. Only, only it's one. It's hard for me to say he's not. It's just the level in which he is executed. I can't say he's just great at something. It's, it's too hard for me. That man contradicted a lot of what I've just said, but just to say he's great at just something, like I. But without, without Stephen Clay, he has no championships. We've seen what pure scores and not much else amount to. Nothing. Don't know that for a fact, we don't know that for a fact. Most likely. No championship. He was not winning with Russ. Definitely wasn't. He did not win in Brooklyn with Kyrie and and James. If he had no championship. I think this year in Phoenix is going to be a disaster. You think it's going to be a disaster? Yes. Because Okay. What was the problem in Brooklyn? Everybody needed the ball. 
Bradley Beal needs the ball. Kevin Durant needs yeah, the ball. Very ball dominant team. Uh, uh, Booker needs the ball. I just think who knows what's going on with DeAndre Ayton. You have a less <laughs> stagnant of an offense with these guys, though. You have more of you have more mobility. I think you get more athleticism if they can put the right pieces around them. Get some defense. I think it was a huge mistake to trade Chris Paul. He's the only guy that can slow him down. Exactly, yeah. But that, I mean, they had to in order to get. I guess they had to in order to get the win for Beal. So I, I would agree with you, and you're so you're going great. I got you. I, I don't. You know, you know how I feel about it. You know, he has done a little bit more than Carmelo, but the the staggering reality that neither one of the because the biggest <laughs> argument is that KD plays more defense. He's got no defensive teams, and that, and I'm not even just saying first. No third teams, no second teams, nothing. They're, they're both at zero. I think KD's average, scoring average is three points higher. You know, everything else is about the same. He has, he, he has I think, a two, uh, like one and a half more rebounds a game. Blocks pretty much the same. Steals pretty much the same. Assists, they're both very low. I think I think what did I say? Two point seven for Carmelo, three point seven. Yeah. Durant's at four point three. You know, so it's like the numbers are there. It's like okay, you know, he does this one thing at an elite level, and the rest is just. Eh. Yeah. It, it. I mean, okay, so we could talk about that. Could be a whole hour on just that. Um. Uh, okay, this one is a little tougher. No, it's not. T- it's not tougher than Kevin Durant. But this one, there's a debate here. But I think it's Charles Barkley, the round mound of rebound. <laughs> CB. I don't know, man. He's a pretty well-rounded player. No pun intended. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> he, especially when he lost that weight. I mean, defensive stopper. He had the strength. He could get a bucket. Yeah, he he was scary. He was scary. He was he scary. Had IQ. You know, he knew how to distribute the basketball. He dang near take run the ball down and, and, and play point the whole game if he needed him to. He was that talented. I don't know if he was that fast, but he, he was that talented. <laughs> I don't know if he could have done that just because yeah, he, he didn't have speed. I gotta, I gotta, but he played the four for his entire career. He was only six six. He was only six six. He was only six six. That's the same height as Michael, who played the two. That's let's nuts. let's keep that into perspective. That is nuts. I gotta call that great. I'm yeah, no, I agree with you. Is I gotta it, call that great. This one, on the face of it, you're gonna be like, what? But I I I added this one for a reason. Larry Bird. <laughs> That's a good one. He didn't play much defense. Like there, there are two players. There are three players that I know in in my knowledge of the NBA that get talked about a lot uh-huh. as zero defense: uh-huh. James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, Larry Bird. Uh-huh. That's why I bring him up. Uh-huh. One of the best trash talkers, maybe the best white trash talker in the history oh, of sports. <laughs> uh, what say you? I mean, if we're going with the segment, I see. If we're going technicality, like technically, like based off of our rubric. So the great at something would be shooting, right? Yes. One of the best shooters. Very much so. That would be the great. But 
You're saying, I don't like, the one thing I don't like about the whole great at something, that implies one thing. Yeah, because it's like, because it's like. Larry Bird was so, his IQ was so crazy. Like, he was one of those players, he was almost like a parallel of magic in his ability to distribute the basketball and knowing where players were on the floor. These are in the middle. Some of the ones that we're going to get to next, you'll see it's more kind of here they are like one or the other so Larry Bird yes he was his IQ was stupid this was somebody who would tell opponents before games I'm gonna I'm gonna drop 50 on you and he would do it in the third quarter he was one of those he he, he was white Michael in that way I can't I can't call him and this is this is similar to the Kevin Durant thing a lopsided in their game in a way but like I gotta give him grade but was he because what what did we just talk about? About the parallel between Carmelo and KD, the one that surprised you. Oh, the, without chips. No no defensive for, no defensive yeah. teams. And yeah. that counts first, second, third. Yeah. Larry Bird, three all NBA defensive oh, second teams. Three. Three? Three. Because of what? Because of steals? Let's I th- <laughs> it could be anything. Like if if you're on the team, there's a reason. There's a reason. Let's see. Let's go see. What I know he'd get out in that passing lane a lot and get steals. I mean, he and he was long too. He'd be out there, like so. If you're if you're argue if you're arguing about he plays no defense, I mean, he's got the hardware that kind of says he does. You know, and it, he it was three straight years, three straight years, eighty two to eighty four. Can't argue with that. Let's see. Uh, steals per game. He averaged about two, two and a half. That's pretty dang good. That's like that's like two hundred and twenty steals a season. Barely any athleticism and barely any jumping ability. I mean, yeah, he averaged uh, point eight blocks a game. Um, but that's almost one block a game. I guess that's not that's tough. Yeah. Okay. This this one might hurt because it hurts me a little bit. <sighs> Allen Iverson. Come on, Romy. You know what I'm gonna say. I do. That's why I said it might hurt. It doesn't. It don't look. It don't hurt me. Cause it's, I'm not gonna say. But <laughs> are, 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 are you gonna admit this about anyone? That's the point of this game. <laughs> because I just disagree. Allen Iverson was a multi-dimensional player. Okay, yes, a lot of the defense he played was only defense when he had to play defense. But he had the ability to get steals and and, 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 and be a stopper. He did have the ability. He could score off of any situ- in any situation. I mean, you look at the height. His ability to just, he, I mean, look, he had the ability to be a playmaker. Did he lean that way in his game? Not a lot. So that kind of affected in his ability to, uh, you know, elevate his team. I will say this. I will say this. He was, in college, he was two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year. And he never had an all-defensive team, but he did... When he he was the NBA steals leader, three times. Yes, he had the he had but, the ability. But it just was 
the th- and I think the, I think the reason why Alan Iverson comes up in a lot of conversations, not just this, but a lot of conversations as far as reevaluating stuff, is when you think about Alan Iverson again, ten years looking back, twenty years looking back. When you think about Alan Iverson, at least for me, I think of a couple of things, all of which boil down to he was probably the most culturally influential athlete of all time outside of Michael Jordan. Uh, Oh, that's easy. Easy. Because when you look at college Allen Iverson, when you look at rookie Allen Iverson, before that uniform change came in, the black one, you know know what I'm talking about? He was whatever. Mm -hmm. Then... The tattoos come, the headband comes, the cornrows come, the long shorts come, the fashion comes, mm-hmm. and you got little white boys in elementary school wanting cornrows. <laughs> like, that's dang near cultural appropriation, but we didn't know that term yet. It's just, like, it's just, like, and I think that overshadows his actual career a lot. It does. What would his career have been? Where would he be sitting in the all-time annals of history? Mm-hmm. If he had stayed that clean cut, no tattoos, no style, Allen Iverson. Because when I think Allen Iverson, I think about practice. We talk about practice. I think about cornrows. I think about long shorts. I think about the all white with the white hat and the white, like white shorts, white shirt. I think about style. I think about swagger. Like it takes me a minute to think about what he actually did on the floor. So I, it's not that he's only good at one thing. It's that. The rest of his career gets overshadowed by one that's thing. That's a fact. That's a fact. So that's what that's where this game is tough. It's not that he was only good at one thing. Mm-hmm. It's that okay, you think about saying. him and one thing just glaringly blinds out everything. Uh, and his career fell off hard at the end. Mm-hmm. Like once he left Philadelphia, it was yeah. like he 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 aged quick. He aged quick because but why is that though? Because he played hard. Because he he played through countless injuries. It basically is basically the same thing with Russ. Right. Russ is okay. I'm just thinking about this now. Russ is today's Allen Iverson. A lot of flash that overshadows everything else. Allen Iverson's way better than Russ could ever be. But all around, like Russ is. I've never been a fan of Russ. You know that ever. And now the rest of the NBA is seeing it. But like that's where it's tough, and I agree with you. I think I think the casual fan again would say, "Oh, he's great at something," mm-hmm. and it's being the cultural icon. Right. But I mean, he played deep. He's a steals leader. Steals are hard to get, man. Yeah. Especially they called reaching in a lot more back then. Oh yeah. So it's hard to get. So I would I would say he's great, but it's a lot closer than I want it to be. It's a lot closer to that line than I wanted to be, and I knew it would rile you up, and that's what. Oh, got me. Oh, got me. All right. Here's one, especially considering where who this is, and he got passed recently by somebody that there's no debate where they land on this on this argument, but this person, Reggie Miller. This one's a bit tricky. Where does Reggie Miller go? He was exceedingly great at one thing in particular. 
He wasn't a great defender. He was not a good defender. He, he, didn't, he wasn't a great passer. He didn't rebound right. a ton. Right. But when I think of Reggie Miller, a lot of people think about the eight points in like five seconds, and he yeah. got both those steals. But is that just one moment? You know, it's like, so. I got to go with, on this one is the one thing. Great at one thing, probably. This, so 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 you're going you're going one thing. I'm going one thing as well. I do love. I think I think being in the league with Michael helped him a lot because it was he did play he did play tough defense on Michael, yes. but and and he's forever attached to Michael yes. with that with this this one, this one might be tough. This one because there is there are two things that really point you one way. But you might not go that way. Steve Nash. Those two things being his two MVP awards. <laughs> now, I'll, 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 I'll let you think about that, and I'll say my piece here. Is that Steve Nash was a great passer. He averaged 8.5 assists a game. That's just dumb. Like, he, what? What? <laughs> what is that? Um, he, he, he would average... 15, 20 assists a game if he was allowed to do it with his feet. Um, but because uh, I always heard he was a better soccer player, better hockey yeah. player than a basketball player. Yeah. He only averaged 14.3 a game. He did win an MVP, but when you look at the years of those MVPs, at least one of those, many people argue that the man behind you should have won one, if not both of them. And so you could argue that both of those MVPs were controversial. He didn't. He didn't make a defensive team. He never was any kind of steals leader or anything like that. He he was a great floor general and a great passer. And I think what to me, he's great at, at one thing. But what's gonna pull people back? I mean, it's hard to argue with two MVPs. But again, those MVPs to some are quite controversial let's not forget that in his career Steve Nash played with Dirk Nowitzki Amari Stoudemire and later in his career he was on the Lakers with Dwight and Kobe so they also helped inflate those assist numbers exactly those old lobs so so, so where do you sit on Steve Nash that's the point of the game (laughs) <laughs> he, <clears throat> and the next one's Michael Jordan no I'm just kidding <laughs> Steve Nash Steve Nash what, um, what say you assist king for sure IQ is crazy a lot of this I think for us it's hard is because it, like it hits us right in the nostalgia bone yeah like this is we. Yeah. This, is how, this is us falling in love with basketball exactly seeing you guys just the amount of white boys in my elementary school that had Allen Iverson jerseys. <laughs> How are you going? Yeah, I mean, definitely not a defensive guy whatsoever. But I mean, to be, I don't know. He made it. He made a big impact on the game. It's just hard for me to say. Never won a title. We, yeah, we he never won a title. 
He did join the 50-40-90 club, and there are only nine people in NBA history to do that. Even though he was great at more than one thing, it was really essential you can kind of kind of like categorize it in what they were doing right. The true point guard. floor general. Yeah, floor general. he he could <laughs> score if he. He if could he score, but he didn't. He, he didn't. only averaged 14 a game. Right. You could say the same thing about Chris Paul, but Chris Paul scored a little more, but he right. didn't have to. Right. I would favor great at one thing. Right. Just No one here is, except maybe Carmelo, is so bad at everything else. Right. That it, but what we're talking about is, is there one, like with, like with Allen Iverson, is there one thing that, vastly overshadows everything else and so that's that's where the confusion is we're not talking about oh they they suck at defense they suck at rebounding and like i mean literally james harden and carmelo played zero defense none and kevin durant plays some much of the nba now doesn't play any but but kevin durant plays some but he's still not good at it like i wouldn't say he's a good defender um, so that's that's kind of, I think the hard part for you and your logic is, exactly. is we're not talking about oh they're great at this and they suck at everything else. Exactly. It's like they have one thing that overshadows, overshadows. everything. Exactly. And uh, you know, like Dennis Rodman was a great player, right. but anyone will tell you he was there for one reason. One reason. He was there for one reason. <laughs> like no one's gonna ask Kevin Durant to pass the ball. Everybody talks about what a ball hog Kobe was. Nobody was asking him to pass. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to. Right. Like that. That's that's the whole thing. And no one's gonna say, "Oh, Kobe is great at something." Kobe's, for some, the second best player of all time. Right. But it's just like, there were a lot of other things that was up the same level. Right. For Kobe. Right. And so let's keep moving here. Um, the next one. This one's gonna hurt me a little bit because uh, this is one of my all-time favorite players. The glove, Gary Payton. Oh, man. One of my all-time favorite point guards. One thing. That was quick. That was quick. the glove, but, I mean, you know, he was just known for his ability to do this. I mean, he was a good – he averaged six, six and a half assists a game, 16 points. Right. I have to agree, but that hurts. That that really hurts. That that hits me right in my soul. (laughs) Uh, and it's going to get worse because here's my other favorite point guard <laughs> yeah I don't even have to say it yeah uh, oh. Stockton was like the evolution of Nash was like Stockton but Stockton was more fundamental like style wise it was different but, St- Stockton's job was simple yeah. he played with Carl Malone his yes, whole career yeah. his, his job I mean, look at, I, I think, is is Stockton still the all-time passing leader? He is. See, leader. He, he's the all-time assist leader. Carl Malone is third all-time in scoring. Why do you think that is? Exactly. <laughs> like, this man defines floor general he's in the NBA. Defines floor general. Like, he could score. He averaged 13.1. Yeah. But who's asking him to? Exactly. Yeah, he's, he averaged 10 and a half assists a game. Exactly. He, he two and at two point two steals. Are we? Are we? Is he played some defense? Right. Is are we are we factoring that in at all? 
Actually, I mean, he's a great player. I mean, he um, he 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 hung on to the short shorts longer than anybody. Yeah, I appreciated that though, man. He made him he made him look cool. <laughs> you know, Stipe had his own little swag about him. Um, Whoa. <clears throat> okay, I did not know this, but this might change your mind because I feel like you're leaning towards great at one thing. He's first all-time in steals. Oh, shoot. I did not realize that until I scrolled down. I thought I had heard that. You might have to give him, you might have to give him great then. First all-time in steals. Okay, yes, but this is weird. I I scrolled down on his his page, and this is just a weird, just a weird stat. Oh, it also says he's one of two players in history to lead the league in steals and assists in the same season, Chris Paul being the other. But this is crazy. Okay, he's first. This is just weird. He's first all time in career in game in uh, career assists. We know that first all time in steals. He's first all time for games with at least one assist. He's first all time with games with at least two assists, three assists, four assists, all the way to twenty five. He's the first all time in games with that with a number of assists from one to twenty five. All of them. Crazy. This man had 293 games with at least 15 assists. 15 assists 293 times! It's called great. I, I, did, <laughs> I did not realize that he was first all-time in steals, but that's got to do it. If you're first all-time in two categories, that's like an automatic thing. Yeah, you got number 10. That's great. Moving on. Oof, oof. I, he, he's only on this list because I heard somebody bring it up the other day and I don't understand why. David Robinson. First NBA player I ever remember loving. He's that dude, man. Dave. Admiral, man. I don't know how to not call him great. He's got a scoring title. He's got four times. He's a all... He, he he's got defensive player of the yeah, year. He's well-rounded. You know what I mean? He, 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 he can score the basketball. He was a dominant player. He was feared defensively. IQ was crazy. <clears throat> I don't know how to not call him a, a great. All right, I I have a couple more, but I wanna I wanna wrap it up here because I wanna get to our bonus content that that, that people will see coming right, in a bit. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna wrap it up here. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Bruce. This was a long one. I don't know how long it was, but it was long. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I, I think I tired out some of these cameras. But uh, but thanks for joining us on this. We, we we covered a lot of ground as you and I usually do when we talk sports. We talk about basketball for you. You always come over for the finals, and we talk we talk basketball through the entire game, every time, every time. So thanks for th- thanks for joining us. Being the first first guest in our space, first one to sit on the couch. It's an honor, man. You know, and 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 the audience is getting. The first look at the other side of the desk <laughs> you're sitting on the couch the futon here so thanks for joining us um if it if you're a listener to the show please like and um like and comment on on the content let us know what you like if if you're a first time listener please like and subscribe on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts your social media tell us what you like help us grow this into something special we, we put in so much work at this show to 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 do more and more every year um bruce will tell you he was on the third episode all time and it was just me and him and one other guy just sitting in the living room with with one mic actually with no mic we didn't have a mic then yeah 
Come a long way. So, so we are we're, we're we're working so hard here. We got a long way to go, but please like and subscribe. Empire Sports Talk, Empire Sports Talk, or Empire Sports Talk Pod on all the socials. Please, please check us out and, and give us your opinions on the very controversial things that were said in this podcast today. And please, please stay tuned for for bonus content coming your way featuring Bruce, that which we're going to get to as soon as we wrap up this pod. That's all I have for Empire Sports Talk. I want to thank Bruce one more time. Thanks for hanging out with us, Bruce. Even now, brother, looking forward to coming back. Absolutely, for the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and twenty-fifth <laughs> time. Uh, for Empire Sports Talk, my mom's favorite podcast. This is your host Roman Gennaro signing off. See you next time.